Welcome to my testimony and D, this is uh, season three. Wow, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back viewers and All we're right. so excited for a new season. Yeah. And with a new season, we have uh, 13 more what exciting new episodes coming up. Episodes, stories to tell, discoveries. Yep, this is going to be awesome this season. Uh, we're so thankful for all of you, for our faithful uh, viewers, for season one and season two. Mm -hmm. And um, now we're so um, grateful that God has allowed us to do a season three. And uh, we do not take that for granted. And uh, so I just want to um, just tell our viewers that you can um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And also, if you want to watch our past episodes, um, check the link below. Yeah, you'll see where you can go and watch um, season one and season two. You can get your binge watching <laughs> on with my testimony. <laughs> so, right. So, but today we have such an exciting guest coming on. Um, a remarkable young man um, from out of um, Oregon. Is it Oregon again? Yeah. I know it must be cold over there where you are. But uh, welcome to my testimony, Justin. Hey, thanks guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, and we um we can't wait to get into this testimony because I know, I know you um your story is going to uh, definitely bless others, and uh, with the, your journey, what you've been through so far, is going to be such an inspiration to all of us. So welcome again. Absolutely. Before we get into my testimony, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day that you have provided for us. Thank you that we can be back again on my testimony for a new season. We just pray that as we um, go through this season and as we go to today's episode, that Justin, that his uh, testimony will just be an inspiration to all of us and it will be a blessing. And the words that you put on his heart will be the words straight from your throne that we all will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, Justin. So I know our community doesn't really know you, and you're very far away from us in yeah. Oregon. So give us a little bit about your background, how you grew up, where you live, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, my name is Justin Koo. Uh, I am a first-generation Asian-American. My mother was uh, an immigrant from the Philippines. Uh, I was born and raised in Southern California, I'm the oldest of five kids. Mm -hmm. um, currently married to my wonderful wife, Emily, and we are expecting our firstborn, Mateo, wow. in just a couple of months. And so it's a, yep. Thank you. Very exciting season of life. A lot of changes happening. Um, I, for the last, I don't know, five years or so, have been a full-time content creator on the internet. Uh, which means I do YouTube, uh, you know, videos, podcasts, things like that. I do content production for ministries and churches and organizations out there. Um, just this last, I think, week ago, we launched our uh, season one of a documentary that I helped produce or shoot rather yep. uh, with Caleb Isley, who is a previous guest on your show. Yes, uh, we did a series yeah. called The Humans of Adventism. Right. documentary, a uh, intentionally non-theological approach to the lives and stories of uh, members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, content creation, that's kind of the thing that I've been all about. Um, as you guys know, we can get into more of my story later, but right. Uh, right. but that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Right. Awesome. 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 So, Justin, a remarkable journey. Um, how did you really get into this uh, content crea creation? And um, uh, I want you to take us back to when you got the calling, because you, you definitely got a calling from God to do this, because the sacrifices that you have made. So uh, start, start there. Tell us about when you first um, yeah. decided to do this. So I was working at uh, a Bible college run by the Columbia Union in uh, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And my role there was to teach, you know, evangelism, literature evangelism, kind of, you know, different classes on how to share your faith and things like that. Right. Um, I've actually been doing that type of work now or 
up to that point, about 10 years, uh, literature evangelism, Bible work, preaching, that kind of stuff. Um, and when I was at the school, I met a young man by the name of Michael Troynoski III. He was a student at the program. And one of the things that stood out to me about his story was the reason that he was at the school. How did he actually become a Christian? How did he become a Seventh-day Adventist? Okay. And the answer was he became an Adventist because of a YouTube video. Oh, wow. And when I thought about that, I was kind of blown away because, you know, you got to rewind back to, you know, 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. The internet obviously is a huge thing, but you know this is pre-COVID. Um, the general consensus when it came to social media and internet stuff in the church space was, you know, it's it's more dangerous than it's helpful. Mm -hmm. If you went to the average church conference, for example, they would say things or they would hold seminars that would often have messages like, "Oh, social media is addicting. Uh, social it. media is, you know, destroying our young people's faith." Yeah. And so, yeah. social media, uh, entertainment, the music industry, movies—like mm -hmm. there was a huge skepticism towards all of these things. Right. And yet, yeah. Michael's story was that he became a Christian, he follower of Jesus, because of a YouTube video. Wow. And I remember that kind of just flipping my entire perspective, kind of upside down about how the gospel could be shared uh, through the internet. And so yeah. through that process, long story short, I ended up starting a YouTube channel, kind of inspired by his story, just wanting to see where all of this would go. Right. Could it be possible for me to, to learn how to create content on the internet, even though I didn't have any background in content creation or anything right. like that before? Right. Right. Wow. Wow. So you're not a camera person. You're not pre-production or anything like that. So did you just yeah. buy a camera and just do it? Is that the way it worked? More or less. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I would take a, an odd video here, an odd video there, but I'd never taken a video editing course. Mm -hmm. uh, never really made any movies or, or had a background in graphic design or, right. or, or any of that kind of stuff. In fact, I don't think I've ever really taken an art class, you know, growing up before. Um, so this was a brand new skill set for me. And so I ended up, you know, going to YouTube to, to watch YouTube tutorials on how to film a video or how to set up your lighting and your cameras right. and what gear right. should I buy? And then what do I yeah. use to edit? And like all, all the questions that new people start off with were the questions that I had to figure out as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, we, we bought our, our first camera. It was like a cheap little point and shoot by Canon and mm -hmm. just tried to see what we could make out of it. Right, right, right. So, and and on top of that too, you um, <clears throat> you made a bold move. You you quit your full time job. How how did that go over? First of all, with with, with your wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's the crazy thing, right? I was I after after work, I'd come home and I'd make videos, and I did this for about ten months or so. Um, and while I was doing this, I'm thinking, you know, this is really cool. This is a lot of fun. And I am starting to see the impact of this platform. Right. Um, but there's this like growing sense that I feel like I'm giving God my leftovers. Mm. Um, I work really hard. I do my 40 hours plus in my full-time job. But the thing that I'm really excited about and passionate about and want to see what's going to happen I can only really give God the leftover energy that I have. Right. And so one of the motivating things was I never wanted to get back later in life. Say I'm, I'm I get to, you know, the latter part of my years, right. never really having given it my best. I didn't want to ask myself that question. What if, what, what if I had actually followed what I felt like God was calling me to do? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, through a series of events, uh, God eventually made it clear that this is kind of the direction I should go in. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home after work one day to have the conversation with my wife, Emily. Right. Now, we had been talking about, you know, social media and the mm -hmm. YouTube thing. But at the time, I think I quite literally had like, I don't know, like two or three thousand subscribers, like maybe average views or like a hundred views per video. So it wasn't it wasn't this thing that was a guarantee. It wasn't a sure bet. Right. Um, and I tell Emily, Hey, you know, I think God's made it clear that I should go all in on social media ministry mm -hmm. translation. Hey, you know, I'm going to quit my job. Right. What about you kind of taking care of all of the bills? And, oh. you know, that's a crazy thing to tell your wife of one year that, mm -hmm. you know, this is what you're going to do. Like we already did some crazy changes. We moved from California to Philadelphia, you know, right. 
that move alone to go to a community where we didn't really have a network where we didn't really have a family or anything like that. We've already gone through that giant change. We're both starting brand new careers and then to throw a wrench in it all and say, Hey, now things are going to change again. Mm. Um, that's kind of a, an intense ask, but to, to Emily's credit, she, she was for it. She said, all right, like, let's give it a go. So 30 days later, we were moving back across the country. We moved into her parents' house. Uh, they were supporters of the vision and said, hey, if you need a place to stay while you're kind of figuring things out, mm -hmm. you can do that. And so I guess, as they say, the rest is history. We've kind of never really looked back since then. Right, nice, right, nice, right. Nice. What, a, what, wow. a, what a story of fate, man. Yeah, and, um, and just to see, just depending on God day by day. I mean, how, how is that for you guys financially, though? Because I know it hasn't been, because you weren't getting paid for these YouTube videos, right? Yeah, I mean, initially, it was a very difficult thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's one thing to wonder, can you create a platform that will reach people? Mm -hmm. Are you going to create content that people connect with and find meaningful? Like, that's already a very big challenge to begin with. Most content creators who start oftentimes stop because of this challenge. Mm -hmm. But then you, you're right. You had to add the entire extra layer of complexity and saying, well, now I have to try to own, not only grow an audience, but figure out a way to make money off it at the same time. Right. So, you know, that has been an uphill battle for several years. Mm. Um, quite literally, like right. it, it's been a multiple year process. This last year uh, in 2020 during COVID, it was actually kind of, backwards for me. I know that a lot of people were hurting. Uh, a lot of people lost their jobs. There's right. a lot of instability. Right. Um, for my industry, for the work that I do, it was almost the opposite. You know, mm -hmm. churches are closing down. Nonprofits can't serve in the way that they're used to doing it. Mm -hmm. Businesses are having to adapt on the fly. And one of right. the things mm -hmm. that really came to the surface was the ability to communicate digitally was ab an absolutely crucial thing. Exactly. And so kind of paradoxically, the church needed my skill set more, which created more opportunities right. for right. for me to be able to, right. to to monetize, to be able to serve, and all that kind of stuff. But early on, it was a very difficult journey. I think my first year of full time content creation, you know, through speaking engagements and merch, uh, you know, course sales, AdSense, things like that. Uh, I think in total, I had earned about $20,000, wow. which, wow. you know, that's not horrible for a first year, uh, you know, kind of endeavor. Mm -hmm. But when you think about, I had to spend about 18000 of that 20000 right. on equipment right. and education right. and everything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Like $2,000 to show for a year's worth of work is not anything that's, you know, know, you can really brag about. Right. And so... Mm -hmm. It's taken some faith. It's taken some, you know, consistency, and it's taken a lot of support from from those in my family who who've understood the vision. So, all that to say, it was many years of uphill battle, and we finally feel presently at a kind of like a, a space where, okay, we're beginning to experience stability. How long will this last? Will this last just for a year? Right. Will last for two years? Will this be really a career thing? And we don't quite know the answer to that yet. Everything's kind of undefined. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess that's part of the ad uh, adventure of the entire thing. And so we're still pushing forward by faith. Right, wow. right, right, right. So you started with that Christian vlogger. Why would you do mm -hmm. that Christian vlogger? Yeah, so it, uh, around 2016, when I started doing YouTube, um, vlogging, as like a, a genre of content on the internet was really in its peak. Mm. Um, I remember every morning waking up uh, to watch Casey Neistat's latest episode. Casey Neistat, for those who haven't heard, was kind of like the... Mm -hmm the premier vlogger of the time um, okay. vlogging up to that point vlogging for anyone who doesn't know is is kind of more generally uh, defined as someone recording their entire day editing it editing it into a movie and sharing it with the internet and so it's very personable right. uh, it's community driven uh, and most of the time it was just people here and there sharing their lives and so it's kind of a fun thing to do like if i live in the united states and i have no clue what life could be like in morocco or in you know South Korea, or in you know the UK, or whatever the case is. If I can't travel there, if I don't know anyone right. there, it's a way to live vicariously through other people. Right. And by 
watching and following people's lives, you also get an, uh, an insight to the way that they think and how they operate in the world and kind of what are their values and things like that. And so Casey Neistat is a vlogger from New York who was starting a company mm -hmm. uh, as an entrepreneur and kind of documenting the entire journey. But what okay. he brought to the table was an entire background in filmmaking. He's done HBO shows and things like that. And so while most people's vlogs really felt like just family videos, right. uh, they weren't really anything produced, uh, artistic, like right. produced or anything right. like that. Casey Neistat came and introduce a new way to document life and to share his belief. And so I would wake up every morning watching the next episode and I just was enthralled by the idea of communicating your worldview and your ideas through the vlogging format. And so the idea of that Christian vlogger actually emerged from a need. Uh, I wanted to know, were there Christians who were attempting to do this? And I, so I went and typed in Christian vloggers on the YouTube search engine and I right. couldn't find any Christian vloggers. Oh, wow. so, I, right. so I was like, man, the church is sleeping on this. And yeah. so yeah. I just figured, you know, there's an opportunity here. Maybe I can step into the space and try my hand at vlogging. Mm. Mm. And what, what was the support of the church overall when you started this? Mm. You know, the church has been supportive to varying definitions of supportive. Okay. I don't think I've really had very many experiences where I've kind of explained the vision or the idea of what I'm doing. And people have been downright antagonistic or angry about it. Right. No one's ever said, no, you shouldn't do that. You're wasting your time. This is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. um, everyone always is like, great, that's good. We need more of that. Keep doing it. Right. But in those early years, it felt very um, all talk but no walk. You right. know, It really felt like right. as I'm sharing my heart and my vision, like I would have these leaders in the church that I respected and that I looked up to just kind of condescendingly pat me on the shoulder and say, mm -hmm. all right, good job, sonny right. boy, keep right. doing it. Like it's important what you're doing. We need you. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to real support and, you know, this is someone I'm as someone who has served the church for 10 years, right. I thought that I had stronger relationships. I thought that I had a stronger track record that maybe as I'm starting, there would be more opportunities to partner with the church and say, right. hey, you know, I have this kind of, yes, it is a untested concept, but is there any way to support it? Right. And, you know, for the first three years, I would travel around the country, really, and get to speak on social media to share my testimony and what's happening. And every time people would congratulate you and, 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 and celebrate with you. But when it came down to some simple things like, paying for your services mm. as a speaker right. that was a really tough thing to get wow. uh, there was always a, a plethora of people saying hey we would love for you to share your story or to speak but we have no budget for you oh. uh, there was all plethora of people saying hey we'd love for you to do a video for our ministry right. but we have no budget to pay you to do this mm. um, you know we love what you're doing but we can't actually really support in any meaningful way and so that was kind of frustrating earlier on mm -hmm. but uh you know thankfully i've dealt with those kind of challenges and obstacles and any kind of ill feeling has kind of passed like water under the bridge right. now i kind of look back on it and in in a weird sense i'm grateful for it because it's right. forced me to right. grow and to adapt and to learn some of the lessons that i think have really contributed to where I am today. Right, right, right. Wow. Did wow. you did you ever feel um, discouraged? Like you know what? Forget I can, it. I can't do this anymore. Can't do this anymore. This is this is just like I don't want to wake up. I don't want to get up out of bed today because this is I, I'm just totally depressed by this mm -hmm. whole thing. Here I am trying to do my best and I'm I'm feeling discouraged. Um, talk about that. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, of course. I think. Most people, if not every person, has felt discouraged at one point in, in time. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, my my background as a literature evangelist, mm. uh, I think, has really served me well oh, in the I field see. that I have now. Okay. Um, doing that for 10 years, my estimate is I've knocked on personally over 100,000 doors. Wow. And so, you know, <laughs> when you do something like that, it's no exaggeration to say you get rejected over 90% of the time. Mm. Um, and so having to overcome those obstacles and having to um, combat doubt or discouragement or whatever you want to call it, 
has been a muscle that has been exercised to the nth degree as a Mm. literature evangelist. And so there have absolutely been moments, multiple moments when I am creating content and feeling uninspired, or I am creating content that I'm inspired by, but it's not connecting. Mm. Or even if it is connecting, I'm not actually being successful in earning an income, you know, which is obviously uh, an important facet to all this, all this journey. So there's, there's multiple opportunities for discouragement. And yet I'd like to say on average, in the face of that discouragement, I've chosen to continue to push forward nonetheless. Yes. Fate, fate, fate is where it's at. So, but what during those darkest moments, what did you, how do you, how do you pull yourself together and, 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 um, get that faith. Yeah, I I think there's a number of different ways to go about that. You know, at that time, the idea of a Christian influencer, the idea of a Christian YouTuber was very novel, not just in Adventism, but in Christianity at large. Um, And so the initial kind of Christian community on the internet um, was pretty tight knit to begin with. Um, And so, you know, I'd have phone calls with some of my friends who were kind of in a similar boat who well, maybe not similar in the sense that they weren't trying to do it full time. They're doing it as a hobby, but they still are facing the same challenges. And so, mm-hmm. you know, pre COVID, it meant that we could meet up in person and, you know, get, get together for an annual kind People of with retreat with, mm-hmm. with creators or do mastermind groups and right. give each other advice and pray for each other. And, and I think that that was very important at that time. Right. So you did my Christian vlogger. How did you come up with the topics? to do that? Yeah, so that kind of emerged very organically. Um, As a vlogger, uh, I think that one of the values that most vloggers attempt to stick to is the idea of you're just documenting your journey, Mm. as opposed to fabricating a fake story arc. Right. Um, and so what that would look like from kind of my perspective was, well, what are the questions? What are the things that I'm thinking about, that I'm studying, that I'm learning? as I'm growing as a Christian. And so a lot of those videos were inspired by the sermon that I would have listened to that week or a podcast I had heard earlier that day, or, you know, a conversation that I had with a friend, um, or it would emerge from my community. What are questions that some of my viewers are actually submitting and what are they wrestling with? And so it was a very natural and organic thing. I never really had a sense of, okay, for the next two months, these are all the topics that I want to talk about. This is the theme that I'm going to cover. No, it was just waking up and kind of trying to have right. uh, an awareness as to what God was kind of leading me through in that time. Right. Wow, right. Wow. Wow. Hey, so why would you decide not to do it anymore? Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> why yeah, did you say, yeah. I'm going to give this up. And you had the big announcement. I read the big announcement. I was like, yeah, what? I know. What is he doing? <laughs> I know. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years into it, um, I was really starting to see kind of a shift in what God was putting in front of me, so to speak. Up to that point, most of my ministry took place in the church with young people uh, in kind of like a discipleship kind of framework. And so, uh, you know, doing the type of content that I was doing was very natural and organic. It, It, again, was a reflection of what I was journeying through. But at this point in my journey, I started to notice that the kinds of people that I found myself in front of much more frequently were not your traditional youth group or even Christian young people. They were atheists. They Mm -hmm. were pagans. They were people who were not, you know, people who were antagonistic to Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so really noticing that trend and really wanting to be able to um, to explore those relationships a little bit more deeply. Right. Um, that was really something that I really was mm-hmm. interested in. And at that point, I realized that uh, my my branding, my vocation at the time, oftentimes served as a barrier to those types of relationships developing. Right. You know, the example would be like, oh, I jump on a plane and I meet a stranger and you always exchange your pleasantries. Oh, what do you do? What do you do? Hi, how are you? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And eventually they'd ask what I do. Oh, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a YouTuber. I create YouTube content. And, and most people respond similarly. They say, oh, wow, that's super interesting. That's really cool. Right. What kind of content do you create? Right. Yeah. And there's no way to... Uh, you know, tactfully, you know, shape the answer than to say, like, I create 
content about Christianity or about faith or about the Bible. My channel is called That Christian Vlogger or whatever, you know. Right. And right. if they're Christian, they're really excited when they hear that. And that's right. nice. But if they're not Christian, it usually feels like they just respond, oh, okay, cool. And then like the conversation's <laughs> over right. because they're afraid that I'm going to shove religion down their right. throat or something right. along right. those lines. And so it's kind of the same response that you would imagine if you had that conversation and they ask you what you do and you're like, oh, I'm a pastor. They're like, I'm, oh, great. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. I'm sitting next to a pastor now for the whole flight, right? Exactly. Now I'm not even going to get a rest or read a book or watch a movie or any of that kind of stuff, right? Right. So um, that there was a need to shift uh, just in order to be able to better connect with the very kinds of people that God was putting in front of me, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, and so I made the decision after, I don't know, about a year of... of praying and strategizing and trying to figure out what was the next thing uh we ended up settling on a show that uh we're still we're still running with called i'm listening mm. uh the channel has since kind of been rebranded just to my name okay uh, but the show that we're focused on right now is a show called i'm listening and the idea behind the show is to feature uh you could say interfaith conversations uh, you could say, you know, their conversation, well, the way that I say it is there, it's an explicit show featuring conversations about belief and the stories that change them. And right. so right. it's a lot of the conversations that I think most Christians are curious about having, um, but oftentimes are afraid to, to do so. They're afraid to ask the questions. They're afraid to sit across the table from the kinds of people that I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. And they're certainly afraid to have those conversations in a church space because of the fear of judgment as to what's going to happen okay. as the person you're talking to is cursing or sharing that they had an abortion or that they you know, are gay or whatever the case is. Right. Um, these are all the conversations I think that are, are, are really needed in today's society, mm -hmm. but we're afraid of having. Yeah, yep. that's true. Yep. That's, that's true. So true. true. So I can see can see how um, God is using you to reach mm. to reach a, a certain um, as you said the, the people that the church would shy away from. Yeah. Um, and you you shared you shared an experience where mm. if you were um, let's go back because earlier you you were you were thinking that the church would have gotten you you were gotten more support from the church and you did not. Um, I know you're doing the show. I'm listening. Do you think the church would be in full support of a show like this because of the content? That's a great question. Um, depends. Mm -hmm. Yes and no. Um, I've gotten a lot of mixed responses okay. um, with my show. I'm listening. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, the majority, I would say, are very in favor of what I'm doing. And I think it helps that I have a good track record with my channel. You know, I think to date, it's almost about 500 videos on the YouTube channel. Okay. And so people who have been following me for, mm -hmm. for the last several years kind of know my heart. They know where I'm coming from. They know what I think and how I, you know, how I think and what I believe in all these things. And so they give me, I think, the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these conversations. Right. The show I'm listening inherently is not me talking. It's me listening to someone else. And so, okay. you know, I think people who are kind of new to the community and used to the type of prescriptive religious content where your pastor, preacher, bishop, you know, or, you know, whatever tells you what to believe and how you should live and how you should talk to people like mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. Right. They're used to that the show makes them very, very uncomfortable okay. because I'll sit across the table from a pagan who mm -hmm. talks about how he believes in Jesus, but he believes in Buddha and believes in Muhammad and believes right. in all of it. And like, you know, says some actually blasphemous things. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, right. okay, you know, like <laughs> I'm here, I'm listening, I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm not here to judge you. I'm not even here to correct you. Mm -hmm. And maybe with the pagans, that's actually easier to, to conceptualize because it's a pagan. You know, you're not supposed to believe that they got it all together. But then I sit across the table from uh, a young woman who is a professing Christian who mm -hmm. shares her story about why she had an abortion when she was underaged and a drug addict and in an abusive right. relationship. Right. And then that gets a little bit more uncomfortable because yeah. they're like waiting for me to, I don't know, chastise her. Right. They're waiting for me to say, right. well, I'm glad that you shared your story, but we know that abortion is wrong. Uh -huh. or, or I don't know what they're waiting for, but they're uncomfortable with me simply listening and empathizing and loving the person across the table they're they're very uncomfortable when i interview someone who is a professing christian 
as well as identifies as gay. Mm -hmm. And they're sharing their story of being right. abused in the church and right. how the church mm -hmm. had uh, weaponized the scripture to make them so fearful over their life, to make them feel that God hated them because right. you know they were struggling with a same-sex attraction and, right. and all these things. And, mm -hmm. and they're uncomfortable in yep. me giving them the space to share that story. Right. Um, and not rebuke them and say, yes, you know, I'm sorry that you experienced that, but you must repent. You know, like they're uncomfortable with the idea of simply listening. Mm. And so because of that, I get a lot of angry comments. And, wow. and for our own community, right, for the Adventist right. community, this has surfaced more in the last couple of weeks because there's a, another popular YouTuber, Alan Parr, who's a, a good friend of mine, right. over half a million subscribers. He yeah. made a series of videos, very antagonistic towards Adventism, mm -hmm. uh, you know, basically saying we're a cult without using the cult word. He's very, you know, intentional right. about not saying that we're yep. a cult, mm -hmm. but, you know, giving a lot of really strong criticism from kind of my perspective that was unwarranted and misinterpreted. Right. And so I'm sitting across the table now with Alan Parr, a critic of Adventism, mm -hmm. and I'm hearing him talk about his experience in conversations with ex-Adventists and right. why he came to right. his conclusion right. and how he got there. Exactly. And I'm not correcting him. Right. I'm not like rebuking him. I'm simply listening and understanding where he's coming from and sharing how I kind of interact with the the, the conversation and the, my feelings about it as well. Right. And so a lot of Adventists really loved that episode because it's saying, Justin, you demonstrated the type of humility that yes. we think that Jesus would have in Amen. that conversation. Amen. Amen. But then there's a whole bunch of other angry, angry, angry right. Adventists right. because I didn't stand up for the truth or I missed right. an opportunity right. or whatever they wanted mm -hmm. to be considered. Yep. Um, and so my work is, has often been both appreciated and simultaneously heavily criticized at the same time from the church. Right. And so it's hard for me to say, does the church support it or not? Some people do in the church and some people don't, right. but I'd like to think that more people support it than don't. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. And that's, awesome. and that's very important that we, um, we listen because, um, mm. And on what you're doing, I must commend you because Absolutely. that's what that's what Jesus did. Absolutely. Yeah, Jesus Jesus came to earth and he um he mm. took time out to sit down and to listen and to be with people. And I think that's what real ministry is about. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, me what, too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yep. All right. So now you started this docuseries. You did this docuseries with Caleb. Oh before Why? that though. Before the docuseries. Mm. Because okay. he has other things he's doing. I like know. <laughs> I just want to talk about that. Story. I know. We're going to get to the docuseries. <laughs> but I wanted you to talk a little bit about the other shows that you're doing. Because you're doing some other shows. Um, my That's listening true. and you're doing some other ones. Yeah. Um, how God has opened up your mind um, for you to this. start these other mm -hmm. ones. And it's so mm -hmm. much. Um, how are you guys going to get to doing all these shows? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, a crazy ambitious thing. But... I, making this amount of YouTube content has kind of given me an insight in how to streamline content production. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, you're, you're right. We've started several shows. Um, and so for example, we produce a show, my friend, Jonathan Leonardo and I do a show called the move right. and the move is kind of a, a 10 minute episodic deep dive into scripture. Okay. It's not pre-planned in the sense that like, okay, here are the three things that we want to talk about as we're studying Romans chapter one. No, it's literally we open up the book, we read it together, and then mm -hmm. we just talk about what are the questions that we see, what are we learning from it. And so it's a very, uh, it's it's almost a demonstration of how to study the Bible as opposed to me telling you how to study the Bible. It's okay. me inviting you to the table as we study the Bible together. And so uh, that show is, you know, 67 episodes, I think, on the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. Season two was on the book of John. We're kind right. of looking at a season three for the book of Hebrews. Um, and so that's one show that we've done. I've also produced an entire other show called the Growing Together podcast, which mm -hmm. is kind of uh, trading on the Growing Young book, okay. which is like a, a really big movement within Christianity and certain parts of Adventism that's trying to meet the very real challenge of what's happening to our young people when it comes to their faith life. Okay. The most recent statistics say that 59% of young people raised in an Adventist church, 59% mm -hmm. of them 
end up leaving their faith within the first year of them going to college. Right. So Growing Together is a deep dive on the book and the concepts presented. Uh, It's kind of a research-driven approach to uh, what are churches doing wrong and what are churches doing well. Right. to help reach young people. And so there, I forget, it's maybe 40 or 50 episodes of that uh, of that show that's already up on podcasts and things like that. Nice. And then the most recent show, and I'm just pausing to make sure I don't forget another show, but the most recent <laughs> show is another YouTube channel called uh, The Free Flow Show. Right. I'm doing with five other friends, including my wife. Okay. And it's three couples. Uh, all of us are kind of ethnically diverse, uh, diverse geographically and diverse, mm-hmm. you know, experience. And it's our attempt at uh, wrestling through cultural issues, theological issues, uh, and kind of in a free flowing conversation format. Nice. And so that's a brand new show that we have kind of just launched. Uh, my wife, Emily, is actually taking the spearhead on kind of nice. running that show. Uh, but it is another show that we are producing. So nice. though I think those are all the shows that we're working on right now. Sweet. I think that's true. Wow. Sweet. See, okay. see, we had to talk about the shows. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so, that's a lot. It's so, very um, good content. Yeah, so, good. so how, wait, before now, because now you've opened okay, the door. Okay, all right, see? Now you've opened the door about the other shows. That The one with the, the other two, are they just podcasts, not the free flow? The other ones, the move and the, the other one that you talked about? Are so uh, just the move... Yeah, yeah. The move actually lives, well, season one lives on my YouTube channel. Um, It it was an experiment that we ran. There's also an audio version of it on podcasts. Season two of the move, we started a second YouTube channel. I believe it's out Mm -hmm. there on audio podcasts as well. But when it gets to season three, it's going to be shifted yet again to a third channel to my friend Jonathan Leonardo's kind of ministry page and it'll be housed there. Okay. Um, there's very likely going to be an audio version of that as well. Right. Uh, the Growing Together podcast is primarily an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we did do all the work of filming video versions of it. It's just we haven't found a space and the time to kind of upload those to social media yet. So okay. right now, that's just an audio podcast. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Sounds good. Wow, sounds sounds good. amazing. Amazing. I know. You want you want to talk about the van real quick? Just real quick. Oh, the van. yeah. We, we heard yeah. about the van. I love the van. <laughs> oh, I'm excited man. about the van. So are we. So um, obviously creating this amount of content mm. and the documentary work that we're going to be talking about as well um, requires a lot of travel. Right. Yes. Um, right. And in addition to that challenge is the added complexity of us expecting our firstborn right, uh, in just right. a couple of months. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, we're in this really weird space where, you know, my wife's going to have to take some time to take care of the kid, you know, off mm-hmm. from work. Uh, and yet I'm still traveling a lot. Um, and given the fact that we have a kid now or we'll have a kid soon, we mm-hmm. want to be able to make sure that our child has the ability to see both sides of our family. Right. Um, her family's in the Northwest where we currently reside. My family's in Southern California and we have friends and family kind of scattered across the United States. Right. We want our child to have an experience with multiple cultures, with multiple uh, family members, you know, right. this kind of wide perspective. Yep. And mm-hmm. hopping on a plane every couple of weeks to do that yep. while I'm also traveling for work doesn't really seem to make sense. Right. So we made the decision to purchase a van. Uh, we got one of those big sprinter vans, you know, the ones that mm-hmm. like Amazon drives to right. um, yeah. deliver your packages. Right. Yep. We ended up purchasing a sprinter van with the intention of converting it to live out of it. And we would travel the country to do my YouTube shows, my podcasts, you know, to do speaking engagements when COVID uh, releases again um, and this whole thing. And kind of the funny story about this is uh, as we were talking about this, a child really actually wasn't part of the the equation. Okay. We we were just only thinking about us visiting family and friends and Mm -hmm. us doing our ministry work, you know, as a team. Mm -hmm. And we asked the question, you know, if we were to have a kid, would this make sense? Yeah, I guess it could because we could visit grandma and grandpa or whatever the case is. Right. Uh, one week, I think it was after we signed the paperwork on the van was when we found out that we were pregnant. And so we we figure like, this is maybe God's way of surprising us. Like, I think if we knew we were pregnant, I don't know that we would have gone through the the plan, but now that we've already bought the van, it's like, okay, 
here we go. Ready or not, here we come. So uh, we're, we're still working on converting the van. It's, it's a long work in process. Like in the same way that I had no video skills, I also have no handyman skills. I've never right. built anything right. before. No, no, I don't no, own no fear any it. tools. I'm the same way. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm very not a handyman, much not a, uh, I just got no, video skin. That's it. <laughs> well, you're a better man than me already. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Okay. So let's talk about the docu-series. I've started watching. I'm kind of like going through each one and it's so exciting. So how did you and Caleb come up with that idea to do that? Because I know he's been doing it for a while. So why put yeah. it on this format now? So Caleb has been doing some exceptional work when it comes to highlighting the untold stories of the very people that you interact with every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there are people that are in our church, like your actual church building, your church body yep. that you have maybe been worshiping, worshiping alongside with for, let's call it 20 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But aside from the occasional happy Sabbath, how are you? Oh, how's your haystack? Good. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds great. You know, <laughs> Deep connection oftentimes doesn't take place in a church right. setting. Of course it can't. Yeah. How can you when you're sitting side by side and you're staring at a screen or staring at one person who's yeah. talking? Yeah. And so what happens a lot is that the depth of community is oftentimes so actually shallow. Yep. And so what happens is the work that he's been doing is, is a beautiful way to get an insight to someone's story or experience. Yes. Um, to be able to hear a side of them that you've mm -hmm. never seen before. Right. And maybe even like, maybe not more importantly, but also important is to hear how that story affects who they are today and the way that they see the world today. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been following Caleb's work now for several years, actually, before he moved out to the Northwest, he was working on the East coast in pest control. I'm sure he talked to you guys about yeah. kind of that yeah. journey on, yeah. on his episode yeah. while he was doing that was kind of when I was starting my YouTube channel. And so as I'm describing to you, content creators, that we kind of call each other and support each other from afar. Like he right. and I had that type of relationship. Right. Um, long story short, he was looking for a career change and I had connections here at the Oregon conference. And I was like, guys, you need to check out his work. You need to hire him. What he does is incredible. Right. Uh, all kind of true, but also under the guise of like, I really hope he's able to get into this area. Cause I think right. if we're able to partner right. together, right. we could do some really fun work together. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to move out. He's able to start this, this new thing in Oregon conference that he's been doing. Um, and we started to think about what would it look like to not only do photo and kind of journalism approaches to these stories, right. but to document them on video as well. Nice. And uh, it was just kind of a natural partnership. And so last year in 2020, we spent a good chunk of the year uh, traveling around the country. We conducted over 40 interviews nice. in different regions of the United States, all while COVID-19 is happening. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing our best to stay safe, you right. know, social distancing, sanitizing our equipment and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, we're, we're trying to navigate this entire thing. And, you know, we produced a, a 10 part docu-series, video versions of Adventist life stories. And Beautiful. it's been really fun. Uh, to sit down and watch a different type of content Beautiful. than really the church has produced before. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. It's really awesome. I can't, I can't, it. I can't wait to, um, to yeah. jump on that and start watching mm. these, man. So, no, I already started. Yeah, it's I know. good. Yeah, she's, see, she started without me. <laughs> I wasn't waiting for you. You see what's going on here, Justin? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but it's all good. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up. So. <laughs> But uh, but Justin, I mean, this is so amazing. I'm yeah. just I'm just so inspired by you. Yeah. Um, you know, just the, this stepping out in faith and um, uh, with Caleb. Did you know Caleb before? How did you meet Caleb and 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 um, Jasper? How did you and meet? Jasper. Yeah. How did you meet Jasper. your partners yeah. in crime? Mm -hmm. So the funny thing is, with both of them, we met through the internet. Oh, um, see. So right. when I was starting my YouTube channel, um. I think Jasper had reached out to me uh, just to connect and we were talking about different things here and there. And he mm -hmm. sent me a video that he had created um, kind of like a, a mission vlog. I think okay. it was, he was in okay. uh, Papua New Guinea right. and he had documented kind of like a mission trip out there. Mm -hmm. And kind of what had birthed from that was just like this kinship of, uh, of we want to kind of accomplish the same thing, but really what was valuable 
And the relationship for me, at least, was Jasper actually was a filmmaker. Like he actually kind of knew right. things that I didn't. And right. so I, he was okay. a constant resource that I would go to for advice on how to make better videos, how to edit things and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Eventually, he came to the United States, um, you know, to do some ministry or whatever the case is. And I was like, dude, you have to come through. Let me host you. I think he came and stayed with us for like a week or two. I took him around and kind of was able to support him in his ministry right. and kind of like also provide a space where he could just relax right. and kick his feet up from being on the road for so long. And so like we've had this friendship that's developed over a couple of years nice. with Caleb. Uh, it's kind of funny because we started our relationship almost as I wouldn't like enemies is way too strong a word, but as <laughs> rivals, maybe. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. And so our, our first interaction um, wasn't like ideal. He reached out to me to do a humans of Adventism interview. Right. Okay. And so at that time, what Caleb would do for interviews, it was reach out to people through Facebook messenger or something along those lines. He'd ask them a few questions. And then in response, they would type out their, their, their answers to him. Right. Um, I don't like writing. I, I don't consider myself a good writer. I think right. that I far more have the gift of gab than I do of writing. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'd love to be a part of this program. But instead of writing it down, can we just talk on the phone? And right. like, I'll answer your questions. Right. Right. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that didn't work with his workflow. And what he wanted from me didn't work with my workflow. And it just, okay. nothing happened from there. Um, you know, fast forward, there were a handful of key kind of social media type jobs that were popping up in Adventism around the country. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, we were both applying for those same jobs. Okay. Uh, we wow. wanted to be the right. director for this or the social media communicator for that or whatever right. the case was. And so we were actually literally going up against each other as competition. And so, wow. you know, while you never wish that the other person fails, you certainly right. hope that you get the job and they don't. Exactly. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. And it turns right. out neither one of us got the job. And wow. that was probably, probably for the best, you know. Right. Um, and then, you know, we have some friends at the North American Division, uh, Dan Weber, who's the communications yeah. director. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, one year he did a Society of Adventist Communicators events, which if you don't know, there's an actual community, uh, community called the Society of Adventist Communicators. Yeah. Um, it's an actual club. Like They, they do annual conferences. Um, in my opinion, it's probably the best kind of uh, so, uh, communication or influencer type of conference within North America that I'm aware okay. of. Um, it's really cool to see people from all over the country come together. You get college students who are film majors or journalism majors or communication right. majors that all kind of come to the same space. If you're looking for a job in this industry, it's probably the most important event to go to. Um, we were both invited to share on stage uh, you know, for a few minutes, kind of our testimony of what was happening um, with our respective ministries. And right. that was the first time that Caleb and I actually got to meet in person. Okay. Um, we had corresponded for maybe a year or two on the internet, but it was our first time meeting together. And um, I had the honor of doing, I don't know, a two or three parts kind of breakout session for these communication professionals. And rather than just do it by myself, I decided, you know what, I'm going to bring Caleb in, even though they didn't ask him to do it. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to bring Caleb in and he's going to be part of my co-presenter nice. and answering questions, awesome. which is really funny because where you, uh, where you guys and I met was in Florida for a right. communications conference. Caleb and I were invited. Jasper wasn't. Okay. I called Jasper and I said, okay. Jasper, you have to come meet us in Florida. We'll take care of you. Like we'll, we'll handle all your, the arrangements or whatever. Come to Florida. You need to be there. And uh, Juan, who was the guy that kind of introduced yeah. us to you guys, yeah. he didn't even know who Jasper was at the time. <laughs> but Caleb and I were like, we're going to yeah. ring Jasper in. And right. so it's kind of been right. this kind of right. fun joke that anytime that I get a platform, I want to kind of bring in another friend who they were not expecting and try mm -hmm. to increase awareness of what's happening out there. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, I think it's been something that's been really good and, oh, well, and well received. Yeah. When, when Jasper came, he, he just blew everybody away because yep. of the story that he was telling. It was yep. amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It was, it was amazing to have you guys here at that conference. Awesome, and, um, awesome. hopefully, hopefully we can do it again. That was our last conference. Yeah. yeah that was the last <laughs> oh, one. Because no. of COVID of COVID. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Wow. So hopefully wow. we can do it again and we can um have you guys involved, even even virtually or whatnot. We'll know, right? we'll work something yeah. out. So 
Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. And the cool thing is now, you know, there's even more people that I would like to sneak in the back door, so to speak. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of people within uh, the church that are doing some really fantastic work. Beautiful. Awesome, and, and, awesome. and it's all relevant now um, yes. because as you said, um, with COVID, uh, you know, even, even myself, my workload has increased because of um, content that people need and, and the way they need it. So mm-hmm. uh, I think our God is really, um, was preparing us for this uh, without yeah. us even knowing even it. realizing. Yeah. Right. Knowing yep. the importance of, of getting us in, um, in this area. And even my testimony, this was, mm-hmm. this was started. This is... Yeah, because of COVID, <laughs> I know it COVID. is touching so many lives yeah. around the world. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're, we're so grateful to see where God is leading. What is leading, yep. yes. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so Justin, wow. Amazing. Amazing, Amazing. testimony. <laughs> always Amazing. good to talk to you. Yep. Always, always, always good. And um, want to congratulate yeah. you and Emily again on, yeah, on your, on your um, it's, it's a son, right? It's a boy. It's a little boy. It's a boy, as yeah, far I as watched, we know. I watched the gender reveal. I was excited. Yeah. I had to fast forward to um, the end. <laughs> see, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I went back and watched the other stuff, right. but it was good. See, Justin, she did that without me again, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. You're out there moving and yeah, yeah, see what's going the world. She's sneaking. She's sneaking in, watching the content without me, man. <laughs> well, I, I'm super glad, and I'm honored yeah. that you guys would take the time to 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 engage with our content. That's that's super meaningful. So, thank you very much. You're amazing, you're amazing, welcome. amazing. Yep. Anytime, yeah. anytime. Yeah. So you know, one of these days we'll um we'll probably get Jasper in here, maybe. Yeah, gotta get him on. We're trying to find him. We're trying to find where he is. So we can so we can complete the story. Complete the trio. The trio. There we go. Caleb, Justin, and Jasper. Jasper. So, all right. So thanks, thanks again so much, and again congratulations on on your um on your new one coming into the world, and we can't wait to share with you guys with that one mm. and uh we're just looking forward to seeing all the other ministries yeah, you're all doing. the other shows oh, that you're amazing. doing the documentaries amazing. and everything and one of these days we'll collaborate on a documentary yeah, for sure yeah sounds great excited. looking forward to it yeah, yeah, so okay all right so don you're gonna pray to close sure, us up sure. loving father we thank you so much for this conversation and the testimony the way you're leading justin's life and the things that you've allowed him to have an experience with, it's been so phenomenal in the way that you're working in just such a different way. Yes. It's very exciting, God. And I thank you so much for the main, th- the amazing things that you're doing with him. And I ask, Lord, that you continue to bless him, be with him and Emily and their little one on the way. Continue to bless them, Lord, and help them to have a safe delivery and help them with all the other aspects of all the other things that they are doing going forward and all the listeners and all the watchers as they all watch and see his content that they will be blessed and know that you are there with them also so be with us all as we go through the rest of our day and weeks to come and help us all just be close to you is our prayer in jesus name Amen. Amen. All right. All right, Justin. Thank yep. you so much again. Yeah. For, um, A pleasure. Thanks for having me. For taking the time out and being with yeah. us. So. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Thank you.